So happy Mother's Day. I'm one of the elders here. My name is Don Blair, and uh, we're glad you've joined us as we worship together for this special day. As you may have guessed, we're leaving our series for one week on the letters to the churches and uh, having a, <clears throat> a message appropriate for Mother's Day, and we'll return to the series next week. An aging man boarded a bus <clears throat> in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, long journey ahead of him, possibly a 12-hour ride. In his hands, he clutched a box of about 30 Bibles that he was taking to tribal Christians in the highlands. As he looked for a seat on the crowded bus, he pondered how he would get through the many checkpoints along the way without his precious goods being discovered. <clears throat> After finding an empty seat along the aisle, he sat down and placed the box of Bibles on the floor against his leg. A police captain who had followed him onto the bus then took the seat across the aisle from him, casually removed his hat, and placed it on the man's box. As the bus coughed and sputtered its way down the road, the man occasionally had his precious cargo, wondering if he would succeed in delivering it to its destination. All too soon, they reached a checkpoint. Police officers boarded the bus to check a few ID cards, but they were especially focused on any boxes the passengers had with them. The man's heart skipped a beat as the officers advanced down the aisle. Soon they were standing by his box of Bibles, and he expected the worst. But when they looked at the box and saw the police captain's cap resting on it, they continued down the aisle to the next passenger. Eventually, the man reached his destination and safely delivered God's word to waiting believers in the highlands. Miracles occur in different and sometimes simple ways. God's hand was at work protecting his precious word. When we think about it, miracles happen often. In the rush and bustle of life, let us not fail to recognize God's hand, lest we miss the blessing. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this time together. We do acknowledge uh, your hand in all that we say and do. We acknowledge the great many ways in which you help us. Uh, we just invite your presence here this morning and pray that as we celebrate mothers that ultimately you will be glorified. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. As was pointed out in the story, miracles occur in different ways. Sometimes there are ways that are dramatic, sometimes in ways we might overlook unless we are intentionally looking for the ways that God is helping us and seeking to give him glory. In this story, we see that God's hand was at work protecting his precious cargo and also helping his courageous and faithful servant. In Psalm 46.1, we read this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Isaiah 41.10 is a common memory verse. Perhaps some of you <clears throat> have memorized it at some time. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then three verses later, in verse 13, we read, For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not, I am the one who helps you. 
And in Psalm 121, 1 and 2, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help the Lord, who made heaven and earth. So what we'd like you to remember from this morning, our take-home point, is that our help comes from God. As I've said, sometimes God's help in our lives is dramatic, but more often it comes in little ways that we don't recognize unless we are purposing to think about them. And we should purpose to think about them because I believe that's an important way that we can carry out God's commands in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. <clears throat> Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When we're looking for God's hand of help, we can find many reasons to rejoice and to give thanks. Many of you have heard me testify in the past of God's faithfulness and help during the time that Lori was ill. As she became progressively weaker and she was less able to do things, God provided help often just when we needed it and just what we needed it. He did it in many different ways many different circumstances. The local arm of the ALS Association and its local care coordinator, a great help. They provided various types of equipment, sometimes advice when we needed it. Shortly after we got the diagnosis, our daughter Amy was able to come from Thailand and be here for two weeks. And she did a lot of cooking and putting things in the freezer so that after she left, I didn't have to spend so much time in food preparation as I was learning how uh, to better help Lori with the things that she couldn't do. Many of you brought food and meals and you came to visit and provided some needed services so that that took the burden off me. The head nurse at the ALS clinic in Peoria was always available to answer. Our daughter Mary was able then to come from the Philippines the 1st of July Amy came back at the same time, and that was just when Lori was getting weak enough that I could no longer provide enough help to get her from one spot to another, one chair to another. And so just when I needed that help, the girls came. Um, they were here to help. And I could go on with many other examples. My, my point is that, that God was helping all the time. None of these things was necessarily dramatic, uh, maybe not what we would normally call a miracle, but God did provide when we needed it, our help him. So what does all this have to do with Mother's Day? Well, this morning I've asked three mothers to share with us how God has helped them in their various situations as, as they have fulfilled their roles as mothers. You know, they say that Mothering is one of the hardest jobs there is. You know, the hours are 24-7. <clears throat> the pay is zero, at least in dollars, although there are many rewards in other ways. Decisions have to be made frequently, sometimes on the spur of the moment. Many times more than one task has to be done at one time, and I think God has uniquely equipped mothers to be able to do that. Praise and encouragement is often non-existent, and that is thing of uh, all the hard things. And by the way, fathers, you can be a big help in that area 
The description of the woman in Proverbs 31 and verse 28 says this, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Don't forget that, fathers. God has provided that you can be a big help in a very simple way. So these three mothers have been and are in three different situations, and I'm going to let each of them tell us of her particular situation and then share with us ways in which God has helped her. Because although we're celebrating mothers to ultimately give God the glory, because it's he who provides our help. So first, Sherry Nafziger is going to, to uh, share. She'll be followed by Sean Woodard and then uh, Melanie Reeves. Don't you wish you were up here? <laughs> I wish any one of you was up here other than me, but good morning. As Don said, my name is Sherry Nafziger, and it actually is really a privilege for me to be here this morning. I suppose for many of you, you'd call my mothering situation somewhat traditional or normal. I've been married for 27 years and have six biological children, two boys, ages 24 and 22, and then four girls in a row, 18, 16, 14, and 10. Excuse me. However, there are many of you who would argue that having six children isn't normal, <laughs> or you personally know us and you truly know that we really aren't normal. Nonetheless, welcome to my story. When asked to speak today, I was certain that God wanted to use me, a normal mom, to share whatever he had in mind for you to receive. However, I spent three weeks praying and hoping he would use someone else. And our dialogue went something like this. I'm scared, Lord. Fear not, Sherry, for I am with you. I for sure don't have it all together or feel qualified to speak. I used Moses, who didn't feel qualified to speak. I used Saul, who persecuted believers. I'm qualified. I'm asking for humble obedience. But I'm a mess. I don't have this mothering thing down at all. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. After several other encounters like this, and not wanting to know what the modern equivalent of being swallowed by a great fish is, I relented and de decided to choose joy. However, Satan, as he most often does, decided that he would continue to do his best to rob me of joy by allowing an extra tough month and a half of things in each of my children's lives. I don't have time to recount each of these events, but suffice it to, suffice it to say that there were plenty of tears, frustrations, and questioning. Again, I cried out to the Lord and asked, why such hard things, and especially why now, when I'm preparing to for sharing how God has helped me in motherhood? Then it became clear to me, the way the Lord has helped me in motherhood is the very same way he's helped me in marriage, relationships, life decisions, and every area of my life. Here are a few things that stood out to me. First of all, God allows everything in his timing. If I would have been asked 10 years ago to share how the Lord has helped me in motherhood back when none of my children could drive and I could do micromanaging of their lives, I would have given credit to the Lord, but I may have assumed all would go well if I just did a godly job of parenting. But fast forward 10 years, we now have more teens in the house than not, cell phones that allow access to see many thoughts and opinions contrary to the Lord's, free will of each child continuing to be exposed and their parents, and not all of them are under my roof anymore. And that includes even one who's gotten married. We, have to, we got to welcome Kara into our family this last year. And Brayden has been dating a girl for a year and a half, and Alita has been a great part of our life as well. 
So that has allowed me to invest and learn about each other new members of the family as well. So now I know that the Lord really is guiding me each step of the way, even when how he is moving is imperceptible to me. So he allowed me to share today only when I got to a spot and I truly give him credit. Secondly, he's helped me by allowing me to be humbled and weakened. Turns out my children do choose to sin, just like I do, even if they've had great godly training. And once I've experienced being humbled, others can encourage me and help me, and I also have a more willing spirit to listen to what God is telling me and help others. I read this devotional while preparing for this, and I want to share it with you. It's from the April 9th New Morning Mercies devotional by Paul David Tripp. God chooses for you to be weak, to protect you from you, and to cause you to value the strength that only he can give. In this way, the weaknesses that he sends your way are not impediments to the good life. They're not in the way of his loving plan, and they are not signs of his lack of care. No, these weaknesses are tools of his zealous and amazing grace. They protect you from the arrogance of self-reliance that tempts us all. They keep you from thinking that you're capable of what you're not. They remind you that you are needy and were created to be dependent on one greater than you. They cause you to do what all of us in some way resist to do, humbly run to God for the help that only he can give. So your weaknesses are not the big danger you should fear. What you really should fear are your delusions of strength. And finally, I've learned the immense value of time in God's word and for sure, prayer. I've learned not to spend time worrying how everyone else is parenting. Godly counsel is helpful, but Christ alone knows each of my child completely. He knit each of them together perfectly before I ever met him or her, and so he's the ultimate authority on their life. And he chose my exact children, my six children, for me to raise and to train up in the Lord to accomplish what he wills in their lives. So when I think I've prayed enough, well, I pray, and I pray, and I pray some more. In addition to those few areas, I'm grateful to be married to Daryl, a God-fearing husband who has taken his role of being a father seriously, making our times of praying together truly priceless. Paramount to me is my Abba Father, continuing to lead me in this journey of motherhood and has chosen to give me Tyler, Brayden, Morgan, Macy, Brooke and Autumn at the beginning of their life for a finite amount of time to raise for my good and for his glory. My savior, he never changes. His grace is sufficient. His love abounds. His discipline is necessary and his mercies are new every morning. That is how I continue in mothering each and every day. So my journey of motherhood, how God has helped me, the same way he's helping me every day and everything I do. I'd like to finish with the verse I referenced earlier, but didn't recite in its entirety. It's from 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Thank you. That's my son. (laughs) 
Good morning and happy Mother's Day. I am Sean Woodard. I have been a single mom for almost 18 years. My children are Wesley, who's 24 and not here this morning, and Charlie, who will be 22 in June. I'm not sure how things are different for me from a non-single mom. I also have a twin brother. I feel like asking me what it's like to be a single mom is like asking me what it's like to be a twin. I don't know. What's it like not to be? So here we are. There is so much I could share of God's faithfulness to our little family, so many blessings throughout the years, the faithfulness of God before I landed in Tremont and became a mom, blessings I realized at the time and so many more that I didn't until these years later as I reflect on God's goodness. I now, now realize he's woven a beautiful ribbon through my life connecting all the events together. This is just one of the ongoing stories that I'll share with the key word throughout being blessings, God's blessing. My husband left us in the fall when the kids were six and four. Fast forward two years, Wesley is entering third grade and Charlie first grade. Every morning it was a struggle to get Charlie to school. It was a month into the school year and he complained every morning that he didn't feel good. I thought he was trying to fool me so he could stay home. I believe it was a Monday morning and about an hour after the usual routine of getting Wesley and Charlie to school and myself to work, the school called. Charlie had thrown up. So home we went to rest and the next day back to school. That Friday, the struggle was at its worst. Mrs. Deppert and Mrs. Pine had been able to coax him prior mornings, but this morning I had to carry him, backpack and all, Charlie sobbing the whole way down the hall. Lori Nelson was his teacher and came out to meet us in the hall. Mrs. Nelson is a wonderful Christian woman. Blessing. Not knowing what to teach her as a mom, not as a teacher, what she, she would do. She lovingly told me to let Charlie have the day off. So home we went. Concerned something was really wrong, I felt a nudge from God, so I made an appointment to see Dr. Tosi. We were able to get right in blessing. Dr. Tosi was so kind as I explained that I wasn't sure what was wrong. He took some blood work and told us the office would call with the results on Monday morning. However, that very afternoon, Dr. Tosi himself called and told me Charlie had type 1 diabetes and to get him to OSF as soon as possible. The nurses would be waiting. I simply hung up the phone and I could like it was this morning. <clears throat> I simply hung up the phone, told Charlie we were going on a little trip, and called the school to let them know I was picking up Wesley and why. And to OSF we went for the weekend. God's overwhelming peace was surrounding me, blessing. God kept me calm through the whole ordeal, and Charlie too. In fact, that night, lying in the hospital bed beside Charlie, he told me that it was like a little vacation. That's what my kids used to call vacation, vacation. That Saturday night was one of, who was one of the nurses on our floor? Carla Litweiler, a familiar face. God is good, blessing. Our weekend was followed by many appointments for training and teaching on how to keep track of blood sugar levels, administer insulin shots, count carbs, what to do for highs, what to do for lows, when to check for ketones, on and on. And not to mention, but I will, logging everything that Charlie consumed, not just for a few days or weeks, 
but for years. As with most moms, God has given me the ability to multitask. Blessing, huge blessing. I had just changed jobs in June so that I would have health insurance. Blessing. Another blessing, I work, which is catty corner, from the grade school. Huge, huge, huge blessing. We live in a school district where diabetic kids actually have help from the teachers and a school nurse. Not all of our schools are like ours. Blessing. So many years have been filled with, so the years have been filled with quarterly appointments, lots of insulin, syringes, test strips, pump supplies, new pumps, lots of days with Charlie not feeling quite right, and lots of sleepless nights. But Charlie can wake himself up out of a low. That's a huge blessing for those of you who know a diabetic person, huge. We are 20 minutes from the Diatric Diabetes Resource Center located in OSF, blessing. When Charlie started going for appointments, I was told they serve over 600 children from all over Illinois and Iowa. I had no idea. And four years ago, when Charlie started college at Bradley, his endocrinologist was one of the routine doctors on campus. Coincidence? I don't think so. Blessing. This is just one story of God's faithfulness to my family. I could tell you more of situations in Wes's life as well, of God's faithfulness and provision. I could share more of how being a single mom, through many of you moms and dads here at family, have helped me to raise my children for God's glory. How so many of you stepped in as mom for Wesley to get her to practices, games, to lend a listening ear when I couldn't. And you dads who have mentored and spent time with Charlie over the years, God has faithfully been my help and has used you all in many ways you may not even realize to display his love and glory. These, you, are my miracles, my blessings from God. So as a single mom, I choose to count my blessings. Um, I wanted to tell you this. The chorus of my favorite song sums up my life. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Thank you. Sorry for the crazy colors. My seven-year-old son woke up early this morning and decided to pick out my clothes. <laughs> Mom, it's beautiful colors. You have to wear it. Okay. My name is Matt. I have four kids. Three of those kids came to our family through the foster care system. Honestly, it was a miracle to have our first kid, our first child, Grace. Um, three years of infertility, I actually chuckled when they told me I was expecting. I said, that doesn't happen to me. You've already told me that. Um, but Grace came. She came 10 weeks early. She came two and a half pounds, but she came and got delivered, and we are thankful. But after continued difficulty with infertility, our natural progression was to go to foster care. I grew up in a home with many foster children, um, in and out um, of the home uh, my entire childhood. Uh, it's having up to 11 children in our home. Um, 
it was always full of love. My, my parents were amazing. They did a great job of fulfilling um, the directive in James 1.27 that, that the people of God will care for orphans. Um, and they modeled that for us as we were children. But it's not easy. Foster care is not easy. Parenting's not easy. Life's not easy. The whole purpose of foster care is about addressing failures in God's plan, right? Broken relationships, broken families. And in some goals, trying to reunify, and some goals, trying to just form attachment and form love. So from the get-go, you know to expect heartache, some struggles, but the miracle of the gospel is that Jesus changes hearts, and he changes my heart, and he's continued to change my heart through this process of motherhood and blessed us immensely. Anyways, five years ago I was working. Some of you know that my husband and I are a little non-traditional. He has been home most of the time with the kiddos, and I, and I work quite a bit, and I get a call, and he says, when he um, talks about two kids, siblings, two and four, are you interested? Sure. They um, said to come to the ER and pick them up. Sure, let me leave. And so I'm leaving OSF and going to home. And he calls me on the way home. And he goes, never mind, change of plan. They're at the hospital, so they're bringing them to the house. OK. <laughs> OK. So I show up. And we have a two-year-old who doesn't know his name. And we have this sassy, spunky four-year-old added to a home where we have only known um, Grace as our only child. And the first day was just complete chaos, screaming and crying, not just from the kids, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but we made it through. We made it through. And I have tried my best to live my life through meditating on 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all else, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And my issues in life, I can filter through that verse. But love doesn't always come easy. And I had a hard time loving initially. I had a hard time. I had a child who was difficult to love. She was sassy and spunky. Some of the things I love the most about her now, but she had grown up without boundaries, without parenting, without guidance, without Jesus. And, and love didn't come easy. And so I prayed for God, open my heart. Help me love her as I need to love her. Help me love her as you love me. Help me be the mom that I need to be, right? It just doesn't always come easy, but he did it because that's a miracle of Christ. He changed his heart and he changed my heart. And I love all my kiddos. But after about three years, plans change. Permanency goals change because that's the nature of foster care. And now we were faced as a mom and dad of these kiddos. I'm preparing them to go home and going home to their mom and their mom's not me. There were lots of feelings. And I began to pray again and talk with Jesus constantly. Jesus, I am so confused right now. You gave me the heart to love these children, and now you're taking them from me. And I worried. And with that came anxiousness, anxiousness for the situation, worry for my kids, worry for their salvation, worry for their hurts. And, and, and I didn't know what to pray. And so... The chaos and the feelings became overwhelming, and I would talk to Jesus and say, what do I pray for? And the Holy Spirit gently pressed into me, Melanie, pray for humility. So I did. I prayed for humility because I didn't know what else. 
I didn't know where this was going. Jesus humbled my heart. And he did. He was changing my heart. And as I prayed for and strived for a more humble spirit, he was calming my soul. He was calming my grief. He was calming my internal torment and chaos. I prayed, talking to Jesus, and he fulfilled his word in 1 Peter. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So he calmed my worries. And as Jesus began to humble my heart, we forged relationship. We forged relationship by teaching someone else how to parent. We forged relationship by teaching someone else how to be a mom to my kiddos, to my babies. The, this only happens through the grace of God and the power of Jesus Christ. We brought their family into the fold. Present at birthdays, present at activities, present at vacation Bible school programs, present at church, having to teach my to call someone else mom. None of this was easy. I would spend so many minutes, moments, excuse me, talking to Jesus. Jesus, give me a heart to love. Jesus, let me see others through your lens of grace. Jesus, humble me. Jesus, help me use your example of relationship in these difficult times. As the relationships evolved, life changed, plans changed again. But God was in control. And now we are going to be finalizing adoption in the next month for all of our kiddos. Without going into specifics, the ease of this transition only occurred because of relationship. God was working miracles in every interaction, every active Sunday service that they showed up, every Sunday lunch that they joined us at. Connection happened, relationship happened, and Jesus showed up. Micah 6, 8. He has showed you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. I've said before that motherhood does not look at all like I thought it would, like I imagined it would, and God is constantly working on my heart, and I praise him for that. Thank you, Jesus. I have been enormously blessed in this journey of motherhood, but I wouldn't be getting through it without his grace and the power of Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you, ladies. Aren't those great testimonies of how God helps us? You had different situations and different needs, but that does not bother our God who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. Let's pray together. Father, we are thankful that you never leave us, you never forsake us, we are never alone. You are a very present help. We just praise you for that and give you the glory. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.